Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 98 of Maximize Your Influence. This is Steve Olson along with Kurt Mortensen, who is in downtown Chicago, watching the Bears, uh, having deep dish pizza. What are you doing, Kurt? Hey, I'm enjoying the windy, muggy downtown Chicago, feeling safe most of the time trip, I guess you would call it. It's a nice downtown, man. It's one of the best downtowns in the whole country, if you ask me. And downtown is cool with the rivers and the shoreline and the piers and the good food. Yeah, you can. That's one thing about both Chicago and New York. You, you will always find some restaurant with really good food. Yeah. Yeah, I was in New York over the weekend and I, I got some pretty good greasy pizza. So I was happy with that. Kurt and I, I are just like suckers for that stuff. Pizza by the slice is awesome New York thing when they're big slices. Yeah, and I think we've talked about it on the show, but uh, I definitely go with the New York pizza over the Chicago pizza. Oh, I can't say that here because my room's probably bugged and I'll get beat up. So I'll, I'll uh, pretend I didn't hear that. You know you're in Chicago and not North Korea, right? That's right. Well, you never know. If there were places to be bugged and the unions come after you, that would be here. <laughs> Secret pizza police. Yeah, the, the pizza union police, if you promote a New York pizza, you're going to get it. There are SWAT teams coming up the stairwell right now. That's right. I think I hear him coming. <laughs> you better be watching Born Identity and learning all those tricks is how to how to get out of a situation. You know it's me. <laughs> okay. Well, it's Chicago. I mean, Chicago is making the news lately. I was on the south side last week, and I was asking the guy that we were with. The neighborhoods we were in were okay, but if you watch the news, at some of these weekends, you get 25 people shot in Chicago. It's uh, pretty bad lately. Yeah, I think it's one of the most dangerous places, and yeah. And it's one of those places where you can feel safe, and all of a sudden, one turn, one corner, new street, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> I know. These guys don't know how to get anything done. It's a terrible law of persuasion, the law of the, the 9 millimeter. It's just very short-term compliance. Well, that's what Al Capone said, right? You get pretty far with a nice word, but you get much farther with a nice word and a gun. <laughs> you, get, you get further once. Yeah, that's right, once. <laughs> just once, Yeah. <laughs> You literally shoot that bullet and it's over. So you, you can't do that again. Well, don't go to the south side. Uh, you know, just general. It's funny. People people talk about how dangerous, uh, like, Mexico is. And, yeah, you know, you get those places on the border, Juarez and everything. They're pretty dangerous. But my wife and I, a couple of years ago, we were going to Cancun. Be careful. It's Mexico. You Be careful. You're going to get kidnapped and decapitated and, and all this kind of stuff. And I said, no, I'm not worried. Why are you not worried? Because I'm not going to go to a club and buy ecstasy at 2 a.m. It's just not my style. (laughs) I'm at resorts from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. And the rest of the time I'm in my room watching crappy TV or whatever. It's going to be okay. I think that's true of the United States and every other country I've been warned about. I'm like, no, not that bad. Yeah, stories and it's out of control in the media. But really, most of the time it's pretty safe and way what people are talking about you don't even see. It's when you go do shady things late at night that, uh, you know, anywhere is you're going to have a problem. There are, there are exceptions, of course, but, you know, it's the sky's not falling. So um, Kurt's out in Chicago talking to the people, doing his stuff, uh, changing lives and making everybody into ninja persuaders. You giving out black belts while you're out there? 
And then a black belt, having some kicking contests, you know, it worked. How long till we come across some Taekwondo guy who just beats the crap out of us because we make fun of uh, his sacred martial arts? <laughs> Hopefully never. I don't think we make fun. It's a compliment. Even though we're using the wrong sounds and the wrong things, it's still a compliment. Yeah, it's meant to be. You know, it's We didn't put a lot of effort into finding a, a ninja noise. But that's <laughs> the whole point. Ninjas are supposed to be quiet. There is no ninja noise. That's right. Well, then we couldn't have a sound effect. I guess silence can be your sound effect. Here's our ninja noise. There you go. Yeah, ninja, he just came and went, uh, did his nunchuck thing. You don't even know that it's over. All right, well, we've officially gone off the rails, and I'm going to make a, a feeble effort to drag this thing back onto the rails and right. cue it up with the geeky article moment. <laughs> Kurt wants to tell us, and we can't wait, of course, to hear what kind of bizarre journal he pulled this from. The uh, We're going to learn what's more effective, digital or print media. I have my suspicions that print is better, but tell me. Let me have it. Well, this is from Neuroscience Marketing and at Temple University wanting to look at print versus digital media. And I believe this was funded by the U.S. Government Postal Service. <laughs> they wanted to figure out, all right, because we got digital everywhere. Newspapers are going out of business. Magazines are going out of business. What's more persuasive? So they had people looking at ads on digital and physical media. And a week later, they put some of the subjects in these MRI machines to evaluate the long-term impact of these ads to see what they recall, the emotional level, the whole bit. I don't know if we need a drum roll. The answer is it depends. It depends. <laughs> okay. They found out that digital ads were processed more quickly. They found that paper ads engaged the viewers for more time. Even though these people said they didn't care either or, but the subject absorbed about the same amount of information from both media. But a week later, they had more of an emotional response and a better memory for the physical ads. Oh, okay. And the physical ads caused more activity in brain areas associated with value and desire. So... The answer again is it depends. Paper, mobile, what should you do? And what they're kind of finding out is that for quick purchases, like maybe uh, cartridges or a quick book that you're not going to think about, you need to get it done right now. It looks like digital is the way to go. But if you want people to remember long term impact, that's what you're looking for. Because for the digital, it's better for those low emotional products. The, when you're buying it really fast, Something that was less important and not distinct is where they were going with the digital. But the print had a more emotional impact. It lasted a long time. I know for a lot of people, there's something about holding it. So depending on what you're looking at, what you want people to do, if it's just a quick sale, impulse type thing, digital is the way to go. If you want a long-term impact, people remember, have more emotions with it. It looks like print is still the thing to do. I agree. I had a, a bunch of important documents that I had to review the other day, and they were on my computer, and I printed them. And I knew that it didn't make a lot of sense logically to do that, but I thought, well, these are important. I got to hold them in my hand and, and look at them and underline and, and do those kinds of things. I just, I didn't feel subconsciously like I could take them as seriously if I was reading them on a screen. No, I, I'm like that 100%, especially if I'm editing a book or doing something really intense. I've got to have it printed out. It's just not the same looking on the screen. Yeah, yeah. Something just doesn't quite connect there. But you're right. I bought a couple of things last week, one thing off of a Facebook ad, another thing off of a website. Just real quick, put my credit card number in, and it's and it's good to go. So that's much more effective. Although I did get a call that uh, 
somebody in Pennsylvania tried to buy a couple of high-end guitars with my credit card. (laughs) (laughs) Oops. So that's one uh, downside of digital, right, (laughs) is identity theft. That is a down. Well, we don't know where they're coming from, but that is definitely a downside. Yeah, yeah, definitely a downside. You get me more getting calls all the time for the purchases that I make, and they're getting red flagged as fraud. I'm like, what? they got to figure it out. You want them to notice, but now they're noticing too much. Uh-huh, yeah, they're watching everything. It's They're hooked up with the NSA. Oh, there you go. That's, That's what it is. We haven't offended those guys for a while. Between the Chicago Union's NSA. Yeah, <laughs> you're offending some yeah. dangerous people today. Yeah, podcast will soon be shut down. Yeah, yeah, see you next week or, or not, everybody. You know, we podcast. Might- we might be able to do that. There's, we got, got to have some rights, right? Um, that's what they say. That's what they say. Well, that's good. Why don't we move it on here? And I know that we spend most of our shows, we spend most of Maximize Your Influence getting into some technical stuff on persuasion and influence and leadership and negotiation and, and those kinds of things. For example, last week we had Brad Harker on, who's an influence expert. Before that, we talked about what are some of the nonverbals of a charismatic person. Before that... We talked about the negotiation dirty deeds. How are those done again, Kurt? Done dirty? That's that's correct. I always forget that. I should have queued up the song. I didn't know I was going to go this route, though. That uh, just goes to show you. So we like to, every every 10 episodes or so, come on with a topic that's more of a mindset thing because that is where persuaders probably go wrong more than anywhere else is they get settled into a routine, they get settled into, I'm using this technique, I'm using that, and they get comfortable. And they don't stop to think about, hey, have I digressed? Can I make myself better? Is my mindset where it needs to be? Because if it's not where it needs to be, you don't have the confidence, you don't have the proper thought process in order to implement these techniques that we're talking about. So sometimes, and I think this is a good time, Kurt, for you to tell us about your your goal-setting story, sometimes we tend to not appreciate the basic fundamentals of persuasion. And and people, when you bring this up, I've noticed a lot of times they'll roll their eyes, oh, I know, goal-setting, this and that and the other. And you had a training once, Kurt, that you had to do for a business where some of the producers at the company thought that and others thought, well, no, this is a good review. I need to keep this in mind. Can you tell you tell us a little bit about that? I always like to hear about it because it illustrates the point so nicely. Well, I was brought in to do a training. These were a group of high-powered salespeople. They had a room of about 20 people, and they only wanted to keep 10. So I'm sitting down with the manager talking about, okay, where we want to go, what do we want to happen, and I've trained there before. He says, Kurt, I need something basic. I need goal setting as basic, as basic as you can go. I'm like, really? I mean, I can go pretty good detail. I can get really deep. He's like, no, no, no. I want basic, basic goals. I'm like, all right, you're paying the bills, right? Let's do some goal setting. So in a room full of 20 people, and I, again, basic, and I hate to dumb it down, but it was basic, basic on goals and setting your goals and having a why. And I can go pretty deep on goals, but I didn't. And I did that for 30 minutes. And I asked him later, I said, why did you want me to do that? Because he was kind of sitting up front towards the corner just looking at the audience the whole time. He says, I wanted to see who was taking notes. I wanted to see who was writing things down because those are the people I'm going to keep. I'm like, mm. really? Why is that? He says, because a lot of people with goals, they roll their eyes. Those are the people that aren't doing it. The people that are into personal development, they love the review on goals. They love the review on mindset. They love the review on controlling your thoughts because we all have issues. We can all work on it. We can all get better. And the people that roll their eyes, 
guys that say they're already doing it that don't want the review. Those are the people he did want around. Those are the people he knew wouldn't perform well. And those are the people he did not keep out. And five people from that group did not come back to work the next day because they were not invited. <laughs> That's pretty good. And just to our listeners, if it cut out, you know, Kurt's, like I said, he's in downtown Chicago and sometimes internet is a little goofy, but uh, Kurt, I think most of it came across essentially what we're dealing with here is that, yeah, this, this manager, he knew he wanted people who wanted to learn, who wanted to grow and who I, I think part of the point here, Kurt, is that knew that they didn't know everything. Right. That's that's a bad mm. attitude to have as a salesperson or a persuader to think, oh, I got this figured out. I know everything. That's when you're you're going to start uh, start to heading down. John Wooden said that when you're through learning, you're through. Right. Mm hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Well, good. That's why we like to to come back with these more personal development kinds of things uh, periodically on the show. And today. We want to use something that, well, I'm, I'm really good at this in some areas of my life. I'm just not so great at it on eating. That would be self-discipline. Kurt, what, <laughs> what advice do you have for the listeners uh, as it pertains to self-discipline? Well, we're going to be talking about self-persuasion. You have to remember, you can't persuade yourself. You're not very good at persuading other people, which is also a function of having people trust you to do what you say and say what you mean. And I love what... Jim Rohn, my early mentor, said, said, in life, you're either going to be disciplined or disappointed. A lot of research has been done on willpower and self-discipline lately, and it's fascinating what the research shows. So you brought up food. Let's talk about food. Let me ask you, do you think when you have a goal to eat well or exercise or whatever it is, do most people fail in the morning or the evening? Uh, well, I'm going to speak for most people and myself here, and I'm going to say the evening. Morning is pretty easy, but evening... Those Carl Jr. commercials are, are pretty pretty tough to resist. Well, it's not only the commercials, but here's what the science shows. is that In a lot of ways, your willpower is like a battery. So you wake up, you're fully charged. No to the bagels and no to the donuts. But here's what the science is showing. Every time you say no, every time you resist, it drains that battery a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then you get to the point where... You don't care anymore. Nobody loves you when you eat the whole thing of ice cream. And I think everybody can relate to that because that happens all the time. There's other things. Every time we have a negative emotion like anger, frustration, or resentment, that drains our battery. Negative people, pessimistic people, failure, criticism will all drain the battery. Low blood sugar, lack of sleep can drain that battery. And here's the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people. People can sense willpower battery is low. They don't just go on, they switch it up and they recharge it and they get back on track versus falling in that trap where, what you mentioned earlier, where nobody loves you, you don't care anymore, and you just fall into that trap. They have a game plan to recharge that battery. But the first lesson here is you have to be aware that you're completely drained, that you're feeling weak, and you have to recharge it. Yeah, so just understanding that that's what's happening is is an important thing. I recharged my battery with a donut earlier today. Um, <laughs> what? How can we do this in a more constructive way? Well, a donut would work if it wasn't the diet thing that we were talking about. But and everyone's different here, so I'm gonna rattle off some things that work, and you find out what works for you. It might be fatigue. You might need a nap or go to bed early. It might be a little blood sugar. You might need to eat something healthy. 
You might need to take a walk in the sun. You may need to talk to somebody that will bring you up. You might need to look at your vision board. You might need to review your goals. You might need to have a little ritual. It may be an, an energy drink. It might be something you can do to recharge. We found that humor, anytime you can laugh or smile, will recharge your battery. Variety of things work. So you need to decide what works for you. Sense that it's happening. Have a game plan to recharge it. It might be a walk around the building. It might be going to get a drink. It might be talking to someone that's optimistic. And when you talk to somebody that will bring you up, it might be looking at something that will excite you again, thinking about your goals, your family. You decide what works for you. That will recharge your battery and get you back on track. Okay, okay. So is there a time of day that it's more optimal to do this? Well, for most people, it's late afternoon, but you got to decide when it's for you. I mean, some people, they're not morning people, and it could be the time where they need to recharge their battery. They didn't sleep enough. They didn't wake up refreshed. So most people, late afternoon, when that blood sugar is low or they're tired and they just, ah, I don't care anymore, and they've been resisting all day or feeling negative emotions, but, for, but it could be any time of day depending on how fast that battery drains. There was a study done about this that shows that whole concept of having to recharge the battery, was there not? There was, and this was done with food and, and college students. And these college students had been fasting for four hours, so they were hungry. And this study's kind of mean, so they show up hungry, ready to eat, because this study, I believe, was on sensory perception. And then freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, right? Yeah, I mean, these guys are hungry. And when they got into the room, there were warm chocolate chip cookies as option number one. And option number two was a plate of fresh garden radishes. Now, I don't know about you, but that's a really decision for me. I'm not even thinking about it, especially if I haven't eaten for a while. Yeah. And this is what they did. So for the first half, they said, hey, go in and eat whatever you want. You've got cookies or radishes, do whatever you want. In the second half, they said, you're going to have to exercise some willpower, a little self-discipline here. You cannot eat the cookies because of the experiment. Just eat as many radishes as you want. Yeah. And they have cameras, right? They're looking at the cookies. They're looking at the radishes. And you can tell they're getting tense and uneasy. They're exercising willpower. They want the cookies. They want the cookies. They end up eating the radishes. Mm -hmm. Then they send them to another room. So, okay, we're going to set up for the next study. Go to the next room. We want you to solve these puzzles. Okay, the students did not know that the puzzles were the study. That was the main thing. These puzzles were unsolvable and they just want to figure out how fast people would give up and here's what's interesting is that the radish eaters gave up almost three times faster than the chocolate chip cookie eaters because they had exercise willpower they said no they resisted and the science shows drain your battery drain your battery drain your battery so when you need it again the exercise willpower to solve that puzzle it's not in the tank it's not in the battery and people will give up a lot faster. And they've done this with other things besides food, but it's interesting when you bring food into the mix. It's so true, though. When you, Especially when you have a high-demanding sales job, which many of the people that listen to this podcast do, where you've got to really stay on task for the day. You've got to be self-motivated. You've got to make difficult decisions. Uh, many times the decisions you make, there's not a clear answer as to what the best choice is. Uh, so it, it, it's hard and you're exercising a fair amount of self-discipline throughout the day. So if you've got things in your personal life, your personal finances, your diet, uh, your exercise, your family, those things are probably the most important things in your life. Yet they're the ones that we let go and that we don't treat very well because there's no battery left. 
That's exactly right, because that battery's gone. So just being aware, that's a sign of success. Everyone's going to get drained. That's just how it is. That's human nature. But being aware, recharging it, that is the sign of success. Awesome. Anything else you want to add to uh, self-discipline before we move on to the last portion of the show today? Just a couple things that might help you out here. Breaking your goals down to smaller pieces that make it more manageable can help. Visualize what you need to do that day can help. Monitoring your progress hourly, daily, whatever you need to do. Recruit friends to help you out that you can talk to. Mentally prepare yourself. Hey, you might have a few setbacks, but that's okay as long as you stay on track. And having that game plan when you're feeling drained to recharge it, being aware that it's drained will really help you out. Because this is self-persuasion. This is critical. Whether you're working with coworkers or who get drained fast or you do or both, this is a big concept that really makes a big difference in your ability to persuade and influence. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Cue up the ninja. Go ninja. <laughs> go ninja. Are you vanilla ice? You don't know yeah. that. Vanilla ice, go ninja, go song. I, <laughs> it's a terrible song. I've just completely blown the mind of most of our listeners. They think I'm super weird, which... You know, they probably did already, right? So no harm done. We've got a ninja today, and this is a, a painter who came to one of the houses I'm working on. I, I buy junky houses, and I repair them and, and resell them as a part of what I do. Uh, the rest of the time, I'm here yakking with you guys and with Kurt about persuasion. It's a very small uh, job that I needed, and this is a problem that I run into frequently because I don't have the time to do these things. I don't know how to do many of these uh, complicated construction projects. So what you run into is nobody wants to come give you a bid or do the project because they it's too small. By the time they drive out there and do it, oh, it's not really big. They just want the big, easy layup, right? Well, this guy told me, he said, well, it's a pretty small job. I'll do it for you because I can tell you and I are going to do a lot of business together in the future, right? <laughs> Have we? Absolutely. Absolutely done tons of business, countless referrals, Right. In fact, he keeps joking. You guys are, have swamped me. I'm not going to have any time to do work for you because all the referrals that you're giving me and these people are giving him referrals. And now I know this is a hard line to, to walk. What you're essentially saying here from his perspective or, or whatever it is that you do, listeners, is, OK, I'm not going to make a bunch of money, if any, on this job, but I'm going to do it because I'm paying it forward and they're going to have more work for me in the future or they're going to refer me somebody in the future. Now, obviously, if this is the only kind of work that you're doing, <laughs> crossing your fingers that you're going to get referrals, that could probably end up being pretty tough. But don't be afraid of those little jobs because you never know what's going to come from it when you take somebody seriously. In fact, I just remember this, Kurt. It's actually your wife's story has one of the all-time stories on this concept. Was she working at a furniture store in Seattle and had a pretty interesting client come in that most people had written off yeah it was skinny scraggly young nobody wanted to help him it didn't look like he had any money so most people didn't give the time of day it was bill gates it was bill gates yeah okay it was the biggest order the store had ever had two of these three of these four of these and so prejudging will suck the life out of you and it is number one no-no for persuaders because you never know who they know who's making the decision how much money they have I mean, I don't know how many times I've heard people going to Ferrari dealerships and jeans and flip-flops not looking very good to see how they, be, how they would be treated. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wonder if that's the norm in a Ferrari dealership. You know, somebody, walk, 
Yeah. Somebody walks somebody in walks in, in, a, in suit. a suit. Like, no, I'm not helping you. Like, hey, you're you're kind of some mid level. You make only two fifty a year. You can't afford a Ferrari. What are you doing you're wearing, still a wearing a suit? You're nothing. I'm not helping you. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that if you can afford a Ferrari, then you clearly have no need for a suit. Yes, I think that's true. You're the that's, one that tells other people what to wear. Yeah. One of our friends was showing me an article on how most millionaires wear more sweats than the average person. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe it. Justified to his wife that it was okay. He's wearing sweats everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a good principle because we're not discounting the fact that you should qualify your prospects. And Brian Tracy said that one of the quickest ways to double your sales is to make sure you're talking to the right person. So absolutely, qualify your prospects. You gotta go fishing where there's fish, but you've got to treat everybody with dignity and respect, and view it as okay. Even if I can't help this person. I want to help them in some way as quickly as I can, because obviously I got to move along to, you know, people that I'm going to make money with. Let's call it what it is. You're on commission, but at the same time, if you actually took the time out of your day to help that person and show them something, yeah, maybe a lot of times it's not going to come back to you. But sometimes Bill Gates could be in your store. You never know. You never know who they know, how much money they have, and when you prejudge, your presentation's not there. You're going through the motions, and and even. If you're right half of the time, at least give it full effort because it's great practice for you to, to work on it. They're there listening, work on it, use some clothes, try some new things out. They're there listening. It's great practice. You might as well practice in a great way instead of just going through the motion. I agree. Well, everybody, be sure to subscribe to the podcast uh, via iTunes. You can go to iTunes and punch in Maximize Your Influence and you'll see our show come up. You can listen to the show at MaximizeYourInfluence.com where you can read uh, blog entries or links to the various show topics and articles. We're on Facebook, Maximize Your Influence, and we are on Twitter. We're legit uh, at Influence Max. Influence Max is our Twitter handle. And be sure to go ahead and visit UniversityPersuasion.com. We've got some great free courses on there that are going to give you 52 weeks on uh, persuasion follow-up. At least one of the free courses is an introduction to that. But it's a great resource to get better at persuasion because you're never all the way there. You have to keep fine-tuning this thing. It's like exercise. You don't get to be, get in shape and say, I'm there. I'm done. Uh, no more working out for me. I wish it was that way. <laughs> but it's not. So we made University of Persuasion. So go check it out. You can get involved for less than the cost of a Honda Civic, as you already know. Kurt, any parting words? Yeah, well, the great thing about University of Persuasion is you can follow the 52-week or maybe you just want to work on the things that you're having a challenge with. Both are perfect ways to learn, and both are available at universityofpersuasion.com. There you go. Shameless plug. We'll be back next week with another show with maybe another shameless plug. More geeky articles. You all love that Steve Urkel laugh and uh, ninjas and blunders and everything. Next week's episode 99, Kurt. Ooh, we're getting close to 100. We're going to have to figure out the, the big bonus, shocking, what we're going to reveal for number 100. Should we do a fireworks show during number 100? Yeah. I mean, it's an audio podcast. It's, I mean, a fireworks show would be cool for us. It's just kind of loud and annoying for the listeners. But that's what our show is. It's loud and annoying. So we'll give you more of the same on episode 100. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Go out and play with power.